Kingway Fox Beard Lock is acting very weird Captain Pike Crystal's wife Klingons and the afterlife Boimler Tendy's dog Ransom is very harsh Four drive Black alert Giorgio has gone berserk He's a bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Tita's cat, Kempex hat, Q has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. I'm coming to you live from Rutland, Vermont. I made it back home, and we're doing a special Trek Conderoga show. So if you guys met us at Trek Conderoga, we would love to hear from you. We have your pictures posted on our Facebook page. We did several panels. If you were at one of the panels or you're in one of our pictures, Please give us a call and share your stories. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. 646-668-2433 is the number. Give us a call, and I'll get you on the air immediately. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and with me, as usual, is Eric. Eric is not out in Portland. Eric is in Boston tonight, correct? That is correct. I'm continuing my grand tour of the Northeast and have headed from New York into Vermont. By the way, I took a picture passing Rutland uh, and then a little bit through New Hampshire, and now I'm in Boston. So good times, good times. Excellent. And we also have with us Charles. Um, You guys heard us talk about Charles, and Charles is out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. We're getting a couple of days of normal weather, and then we're going to go back to monsoon again. Well, let me tell you. I told I warned Eric when he came up. Uh, it, we we broke ninety when he was here, and oh, yeah. uh, it was hot. Let me tell you, there were you. a lot of layers of polyester and rubber keeping us from staying nice and cool. That's for sure. <laughs> it was hot. I had the rubber head, the Klingon head on, and when I took it off, it just it was like I took a shower. It was just just pouring on, and I wasn't aware that there was a water bottle fill station right outside the auditorium. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but at any rate, we were at Trek Conderoga, and uh, for anybody that attended our panel, um, that theme song that you heard at the beginning of the show, that is a song I was telling you guys about. It was originally done by WXXA Fox 23 back in 1991 when I did my first Star Trek convention, and I was kind of using it as a pseudo theme song until the new golden age of star trek and then it was time to update it so i kind of rewrote it and passed it along to eric who polished it up and fine-tuned it and recorded it so the theme song that i was talking about at our podcast panel so uh, we did a couple of panels at trek conderoga over the weekend friday night i did klingons and um 
why don't we start there, Eric? Why don't we just go through the in chronological order? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So we'll start, we'll start with Friday, and we'll just work our way through the whole weekend. So um, I, I got up there. Um, I was at camp, so I, I, I barely got there as the doors were opening. But um, I don't think it really mattered because the dealer's room wasn't set up when we got there anyways. No, it was definitely so, a slow start to things. And I, I kind of learned that at this particular con, the Friday situation is a little slower and then it picks up on Saturday and then Sunday is really slow. So yeah, it, you know, you were running a little bit late, but I don't think we missed out on too many customers. No, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, we, we got there and uh, we had to find a table. So we tracked down the superintendent of the Ticonderoga school district and uh, she found us a table and some chairs and we, 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 uh, we got everything set up and there were some fans milling around at that point, not not a lot going on, but there were a few milling around. Um, I I had I went out and slipped in. I had on my Mets hat, and so I had to go out into the car and slip into my uh, Klingon uniform, which I did. And uh, I am uh, and uh, I slipped into my Klingon hat. And I got to tell you, I got to meet Eric for the first time in five years at the convention. Um, see, that that was. Yeah, see, now Emma is touching no, my no, ballot, no. see? No, 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 let's, let's be clear. Jim, Jim, we know, we know this. Eric wields the ballot. Eric does not touch the ballot. And I have pictures <laughs> on our Facebook page to prove that. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I got this big grin on Eric's face touching, touching Jim's ballot. It's right on the Facebook page. You guys can go and see it for yourself. I, I always joke on the podcast. I say, everybody wants to touch my bat list. It's just, it, everybody does. And look at our Facebook page and picture we have, people have their hands wrapped around my bat list. They love to handle my bat list. And uh, even, the, even the kids and the babies want to touch my bat list. It's just, you know what I think it is? I, I, I think that the bat list is to Star Trek like the lightsaber is to Star Wars. You know, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think there's a like you don't look at a bat list and mistake it for being in any other franchise, right? I think, I think if you even if you didn't know what it was, you might look at it and go, "Oh, well, that's definitely not a Star Wars weapon. It's either some kind of medieval torture device, or maybe it's part of Star Trek." <laughs> you know, and and people will come up and they say, "Can I hold it?" And they think that I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger because I swing it around all day. I, I, True. But there's a secret, a dark, dark secret that Jim never lets on until somebody actually holds the bat list. And what's the dark secret, that, Jim? That's right. Uh, I'll stand in. I'll stand <laughs> in the back of the of the of the. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. So I'll stand back by our table. So anybody that walks by will, will see a Klingon swinging a bat list around, and inevitably they have to come in. I mean, who's not going to come and talk to the Klingon? And then they want to hold my bat list. And when I hand it to them, they are totally shocked when they find out that it's foam rubber and it weighs 40 ounces. But you know what? It looks damn good in pictures, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it's amazing how realistic it is for as inauthentic as it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the shape and the size and the color and everything just looks so good. It's, it's really a fun weapon. And I guess 
Jim uh, let us in on the fact that that thing was available for a limited amount of time online for like 50 bucks. And I've gone and tried to find the same and I, I don't think you can get them anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 people come up and they say, and they, Oh, it's only, it's only foam. And the, the, the uh, leather bindings are just painted on there. And when they look at it up close, they're disappointed, but you know what, when you get in a picture with me and you look at the picture, it looks completely authentic. You, you never know the difference. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I was like, if I had to carry this around all day and it was a way to steal or wood, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. But um, yeah, I, I literally swing it around all day long. So Jim, I think my favorite, my favorite person who borrowed your bat list was one of the guys who ran or who was helping to run one of the other tables. He got that thing. And you could tell that this man knew how to wield a real bat list. Like he just started spinning that thing around and doing the forms. I felt like I was watching a, a human version of Worf uh, in front of me. And he was doing this with a foam bat list. I can't even imagine what it would be like with a heavy steel bat list. Well, he said he has a steel one that he has, he has uh, with rusted, so it looks like blood. And he, he came over and he was surprised that mine was only foam. So I was yeah. like, yeah, well, yep, that's the deal. <laughs> so anyways, we got there Friday night, and I got to meet Eric, which was absolutely uh, the highlight of the whole convention, actually, was, was meeting Eric and uh, giving him a nice big bear hug because I've never met him before until Friday yeah. night. And uh, that was it. And uh, my wife, Karen, took care of, of, you know, we brought the stuff in, and she put everything on the table. And, uh, Jamie, uh, no, Jamie didn't come up on Friday. It was just me and Karen and Eric and, uh, my first panel. So let's talk about Friday night. So is that the Ticonderoga high school? Truckonderoga is. And well, it's in two, it's the, really in two locations, right? If you, if you get technical about it, it's at the set tours and it's at the high school. So, so not yes. only is it kind of in a high school, but then there's also this sort of split venue thing that happens. So before we get too far, um, I just want to – let's talk about – there's a couple of things that, that, I, that I don't like about the event. Uh, uh, but what I do like far outweighs what I don't. So, so first of all, there's no air conditioning, all right? And when you're there in a rubber head in a polyester suit all day with no air conditioning, it, I'm telling you right now, it is a killer a killer. Now, our table was by the back door, so so it rained and there was a little breeze blowing in, and Bruce did put a fan in the door, which did help, but it was still breaking 90 and hot in there. Very, very hot. Um, yeah, and I would say, Jim, that most of the time, it was actually hotter in the gym than it was outside. That was my yeah. experience. Like, you would walk outside and stand in the sun to get a break from the gym. Yeah, it was hot. That 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 that's a drawback or, or, or a complaint that I have. And I also um, it it spread out throughout the entire high school. So like uh, when we did our panel um, podcasting, the final frontier, I had no idea where we were even going. We were in in room was it twelve fifteen? Room twelve fifteen. It was the choral room. Yeah, the choral practice room couldn't even find it you know um 
so you know the, the, when it's all over the the high school like that then you end up having fans just wandering around like all over the place and not concentrated so a lot of the fans never make it into the gymnasium where we were unfortunately uh, because yeah. you know they're here they're there they're over there and we have no air conditioning in the gym so a lot of people don't want to come in there so so yeah, that's, i think that's a, that's that's an important distinction jim is that actually we figured out later that the rest of the school did have air right and it's really only yeah. the gym that doesn't have air where so we were put the vendors <laughs> who are going to be standing around you know for 6 7 hours a day in the hottest room now listen i understand that they do it because it's a gymnasium, right? You want to have this like convention feel where you've got a big open floor and everybody can kind of set up their, their booze and people can go through and browse. And I, I do think that there's a lot of sense to that decision, you know, but the environmental conditions, I think Jim's right. I think the environmental conditions absolutely affect whether or not people are even willing to walk into the gym and buy the wares. And let's be honest, any convention has the events and stuff, but then, of course, you want to go around and browse the booze and look for stuff that's cool to buy. So it, it makes it a little bit harder, I think, on the vendors to have them in the hottest space and separated from some of the other events that are happening as well. And, and the other thing that I, that I think is another minor, well, another complaint that I want to make before we, we start, because um, I don't want to just talk about the bad things but i feel if we're going to do an honest review then we need to be honest right um and none of these things will stop me from going next year so let's get that out of the way but the other problem thing that i that i think is an issue is that a a majority of the of the events are at the set tour which is not near the high school so you know a lot of people are over there instead of over here so you have you have fans spread out all over the high school, which is issue number one. Then you have fans not only spread out over the high school, but well, split between two different locations, and so that caused that's another um, issue as well. Yeah, and the locations are pretty close, but I mean, it's still it's like a mile or a mile and a half between the two, and that's enough. That's enough to make people kind of say, oh, gosh, do I want to get back in my car and, and drive over there? And, you know, so it is a little bit strange to have. I know why they do it, because they, they don't have enough space at the set tours to have things like vendors or, um, you know, stage talks or any of that kind of stuff. So really, I mean, Ticonderoga is a pretty tiny town, and there's just not a lot of good spaces to do that kind of stuff. And I think the high school is not a bad venue. They just need to do a couple of things to kind of like – tweak it a little bit and make it just a little bit better. Maybe maybe rent some giant fans, like some really nice big fans to put in the vendor's room. Or maybe put the vendors in the hallways where there's air conditioning and people can actually wander amongst the vendors as they're heading to their next event or that kind of stuff. Just a couple little things yeah, that can I mean, dial it in a little bit to make it more fun. Yeah. So look at Seven of Fine. She had a problem. She got a flat tire driving back and forth. Yep. And... Uh, so, yeah, so, so that, that's pretty much the, the, the things that I would like to see different. So, 
That's the only other the thing way. I wanted to mention, Jim, I'm just gonna, this is going to be my last little bit of this segment, and then we'll move on to the really awesome parts because this was an awesome con. I'm not going to lie. I loved it. I also would go back next year, no problem, despite all the complaints. The only other thing they need to do to kick it up a notch is they need some food. When you do oh. a food search in Ticonderoga, your choices are like Chinese restaurant, pizza joint, pub food. And they're all downtown, granted, right across the street from the set tours, not near the high school. So if you're at the high school and you get hungry, what do you got to do? You got to go jump in your car. You got to go drive to the restaurant. You got to do the thing. Then you got to come back. There should be a food truck in the parking lot or, you know, something that, like, people can just buy. I remember, you remember <laughs> the one funny thing that uh, somebody won an award in a, in a costume contest we'll talk about in a little bit. And the first thing they did when they looked in for the prizes was they said, is there any food in there? <laughs> yeah, is there any food in there? <laughs> so, 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 I mean, you know, and I, this is uh, the third, third, maybe fourth time I've been up to Triconaroga. And it's been the same every single time. So, um, you know, there you have it. That's it. So Friday night, I get there. We set up our table, and we go to our Klingon panel. Now, Bruce was awesome. He comes over Bruce to the table. Bruce was amazing. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah Bruce. I, I sent an email to Mary Beth that said, hey, man, tell Bruce we appreciate him. How He, he came down to grab us for all of our panels. He was yep. awesome. And so he comes down to get us for our Klingon panel, and he brings us up, and we walk in there, and the first thing I said is, Oh, air conditioning. <laughs> I was so <laughs> Thank you, music room. <laughs> this is awesome. So uh, we, we get up there, and they, they put us on this stage, this huge stage. And, you yeah. know, they're bringing out chairs and tables and everything else on this huge stage. And, and um, you know, I'm just – I'm not used to that. I'm not, I'm not a star. I'm, I'm not anybody, you know. And um, – so we get out there and our panel was our first panel. Our Klingon panel was five to six. Was it? I think that's, I, I don't have the schedule, but it was something like that. It was maybe four to five. I don't know. It was later on in the day for sure. It was the end of the day. And we were opposite a prop masters um, panel. And so when we first got there, there was like eight people there in there. And um, I said to Bruce, well, I'm probably just going to go down off the stage and just, you know, hang out amongst the fans because, you know, there's only eight of them here. But I was wrong. I was wrong. And I asked my wife, I'm wrong a lot. I was wrong again because they started coming in and Mm -hmm. they kept coming in and they kept coming in. And I, I don't know, 40 or 50 people? Yeah, Maybe. I think probably about 40, 40, 50 people on a Friday night. That was not too bad at all. Not not too bad, really. And so, you know, the way I did my panel was like we do the podcast. Um, I wanted interaction. I wanted to talk to the people. I wanted to involve them in it. Um, so um, I really didn't have any prepared notes um, like other people did. Or, or slideshows on fancy screens like other people did. Um, <laughs> I just kind of went with my gut and waved my bat lift around. And it worked. It worked. 
and uh, people came up front. They wanted to touch my bat lift, so they were coming up to the stage and passing around the bat lift. You know, they love to hold it. I think it's just something about the bat lift and Star Trek. You know, like I said before, I think it's the lightsaber of Star Trek. You know, and uh, people just want to hold a bat lift in their hands, even though it's only foam rubber and fake. They still just want to do it. So, uh, you know, we started the panel and we had a, we had a really, really good back and forth discussion, I think, with the fans that were there. Um, oh, yeah, I, for sure. was, I mean, uh, I, I was just going to say that I think one of the things that was really like one of my favorite parts of this con was that all of the fans that came were super dedicated fans, like so many of them were in costume even the ones who weren't in costume, you would stand and you would talk to them about Star Trek and you could, you could feel the depth of knowledge from every single one of them. And so in the Klingon panel, you know, Jim went in and kind of started talking about uh, Klingons and this and that and, and whatnot. And then people started asking questions, started contributing, um, you know, who's your favorite Klingon, all sorts of things. And it really turned into a fun, like Jim's saying, a fun fan uh, opportunity to interact with the fans and, and get their feedback. And as you know, on this podcast, we like that two-way communication, right? That's why we have a phone number that you can call in, you can participate. We don't want to just be, uh, as Jim says, the talking heads that are giving you one-way information. We want to hear from you too. And we were able to do that in a panel setting with 40 or 50 people in the audience, which was really fun. It, it was really, I, I had more fun than I really thought I was dreading that. And, uh, and it was so much fun. I can't wait to do it again. And so uh, we talked about we talked about Laurel, and we talked about Gowron, and we talked about Worf, and we talked about Kern. We talked about Kalar. Um, we, we had a great conversation. And nobody talked about my favorite Klingon from Star Trek V, uh, Vixis, who we've had the awesome Spice Williams we've had on this podcast a couple of times. So I said, you know, no one mentioned my Klingons for my favorite movie. And I said to Eric, uh, so what was my favorite movie? And Eric said, Star Trek V. And it was like a, a moan from the crowd. <laughs> it was, and, it was uh, like a, the audience got quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we thought this guy was cool, but he's crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. So, but it was uh, good because after you said that, you sort of, you know, we followed it up with the, the podcast uh, Believes in the Idic kind of conversation and I think people caught on that like when you open with something like I love Star Trek 5 in a lot of ways that is you know when you say that that that's going to shock some people but it's a good way to get them into that like idiot conversation and respecting everybody's opinions and I'll tell you that I had dozens and dozens of conversations over the entire weekend and not a single time did anybody say no that's not right or I don't agree with you or that kind of thing. It was just people sharing their own opinions, which was so fun. And that, that's what I did. I, I went from that into the Itic and it, 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 after the panel was all over, there was a guy sitting in the front row and he came up and he, and he thanked me and he shook my hand and he said, when I saw that there was a Klingon panel, I told my wife, we have to get there five hours early because they weren't going to come until Saturday. They came on Friday just to go to the Klingon panel. And he said it was worth the trip. And I'm like, How do, what do you say to that? It's like, wow. I, you say I, thank I'm, you. You say thanks. I, I'm yeah. humbled. I, I thank you so, so much. Another guy 
came up to us in the dealer's room um, on Saturday and he came in and he asked me and he said, so during your panel yesterday, you said that Star Trek V was your favorite movie. Uh, I've only watched it once and I don't like it. So why is it your favorite movie? And I started talking to him and told him why. And he said, well, I, I think I'm going to have to go home and, and watch that movie again after talking to you. So, you know, it, it was a great time. It was just so much fun. And um, that was, that was all on Friday night. <laughs> so um, we transitioned into yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Yep. What's up, Charles? I'm throwing a, que- throwing a question out in chat, but I was curious how the, how the reaction of fans were uh, discussing the different eras of Klingons. So I addressed that right off the bat. Um, we were talking about the, the Klingons on TOS and how many times they appeared in the episodes. Started with Kor Kang and Koloth. And then we went into Star Trek, the motion picture. And we even, I, we even touched on the JJ verse too. And um, then we got into yeah, Discovery. Think, yes. Yeah. And that was, I, I kind of like made it a point. It was, it was more Jim's panel, but I definitely contributed. And I really wanted to make sure that people understood that I think we all agree, and I think a lot of Star Trek fans agree, that the introduction of the 24 different houses uh, in Discovery really opens up the Klingon culture quite a bit. And, and in a lot of ways, it, it fits into what we've already seen in the past. And I, I never once – I heard people say, I don't love Discovery seasons one and two, but I never heard anybody say – I hate Discovery. It's a junk show, which is something that we no. hear on the internet all the time. But not a single person at the con said no, anything even close to that. I, I saw quite a few disco shirts roaming around too. I and, saw a uh, I, shirt, I, which I want so bad. I, 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 I basically, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. What I did, Charles, is I said, look, the reason why the Klingons look different comes down to one simple thing: budget, and that's really what it is. Yep budget and I said if you really want to discovery the people that do discovery really know Star Trek because they went back to Star Trek phase two the USS discovery is actually was going to be the enterprise in phase two for the TV show which never happened and the Klingons Mm -hmm. the way they look on discovery is the way Gene envisioned them similar for the motion picture but again they just couldn't do it that. Couldn't afford sense. it. They couldn't do yeah. it. So um, that's really the real reason. Now, I wish they didn't come up with the head-melting virus from Enterprise, because I think that when, when they all turn to Warp and Warp just says, we don't discuss it with outsiders, they should have left it at that. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, they didn't so I'm, need I'm, I'm, I'm in the same opinion. I think it should have been left there and not gone any further. But and you know here's, what? Here's my, Charles, can I say I that? Mentioned, but it I mentioned ahead, you podca- at our podcast panel, and that's exactly what I said. I said, you know, Charles isn't here with us right now. He's out in Las Vegas. But oddly enough, it, generally, Charles and I will agree on, on most of the things. And uh, so I, I got you in there, Charles. It's true. And Eric's going to do what it. Eric does, which is – which is disagreed just a little bit because here's my thought. I actually was rewatching the trouble or excuse me, more tribbles, more trouble 
lately, the DS9 episode, and actually right before the scene, that, well, during the scene, but at the beginning of the scene that Jim was just talking about, J- Julian and, uh, and O'Brien are talking, and Julian starts throwing out things that might have caused the Klingons to look different. And he throws yes. out things like a virus, a thing. And then, which he, so he throws out all these things that eventually they would pick up on in Enterprise and would actually make a storyline out of. So be, probably because I'm a big Enterprise fan, I understand why, you know, leaving it at, at Worf's word is, is appealing to a lot of people. I personally don't mind the Augment Virus uh, storyline. It's okay with me. Yeah, I don't mind it. I just didn't think it was necessary. But guess what, guys? Guess who's on the line with us, Eric? Who is it? She's calling all the way from across the house in the other room right now, uh, believe it or not. Do we have Jamie here? <laughs> Jamie with us. Hey, long time. I didn't remember <laughs> having the opportunity to meet and talk to Eric over the weekend, which it was very nice to meet you, Eric. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to meet you too, Jamie. It was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And, so, and I just have to say that Jamie has one of the best TOS uniforms. It, it looks like it's really a good looking uniform. I, I just really enjoyed seeing that, Jamie. Nice. Nice choice there. Yeah. She had to go home and get that too. Yep. She forgot. Yeah, and, and I and I did remember the spot to sell to the to the to the guy. I, I remembered that. <laughs> yeah, so let me tell you guys a little story about Jamie. Jamie got bit by the bug. You guys are not gonna believe this when I tell you this, but it's absolutely true. Um Jamie hasn't been to a lot of conventions with us that that were Star Trek conventions. Um, so when we were at Trek Conoroga this weekend, well, we did go to meet Lorca. That was at Rhode Island Comic Con with 60,000 people. It was crazy. Trek Conoroga is not 60,000 people. It's, it's very low-key, small, and very personable. Would you not agree, Eric? Yeah, I don't know exactly how many people attended, but my my ballpark estimates are, you know, around 500 people uh, or so at the yeah. most. Yeah. And so yeah, so uh, so that's one of the great things about it is that you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, she wanted to meet Gates McFadden, and Gates McFadden. We were we were in the in the non air conditioned gym. Gates McFadden was in the air conditioned auditorium or uh, cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So uh, we went down and Jamie got to meet Gates McFadden and get an autograph of Gates McFadden, get a picture with Gates McFadden and talk to Gates McFadden. And that was the first time that Jamie ever got an autograph and met, met an actor face to face like that. What was that like, Jamie? It it, it was definitely uh, one of the many opportunities of a lifetime that I have had in my many conventions that I've been to on this 27 years on this earth. But I will say one thing. She is very professional. I, I do admire her work and I do have to say, I'm, I will always be a fan of next generation. And to anyone that is, is looking forward to joining the medical profession, I would recommend watching Next Generation and watching Gates McFadden as Dr. Crusher because let me tell you, she she is a a great uh, mentor for anyone that is looking to do uh, modern 
medical profession work or even even if you know even if it's technology in general because some of the technology that, that we have today is is you know very similar to that of what they had on Star Trek. I mean, for example, the flip phone, it was a communicator in Star Trek yep. is an example, you know, pretty yep. much in a nutshell. So, you know, you have well, to think, okay, so they had doctors in space and they have doctors uh, in real life. And, and she, she was a doctor. So that's why I say she, she's very influential to the new newcomers that are – that want to become doctors in the in the real life. I think that that uh, on Bacard she can inspire young women and even even young uh, college students or medical students that want to do anything in the medical field because that's just, that's what she does. And even if you want to be an actor, you can take McFadden her work and say, well, look, Gates McFadden played a, a female doctor. On, on Star Trek, and now she's on going to be on the final season of Bacar. A little spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Bacar, it's it's great, and I highly recommend watching the next season. But we're going to have to wait a while because COVID came and delayed it. And I do have to say, she she's great, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with her work as an uh, actress, and 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 along with the other actors that are on that show for the next season. I also like the way that she carried herself because a lot of times when you go to these conventions, these actors and actresses are not who you thought they were in real life as opposed to how they are when they're, when they're acting their character out. Because, for example, I think Gates McFadden's personality was very similar to the personality that she played as Dr. Crusher, if that makes any sense. I think she carries herself in a very similar manner that she did on the show. And you, as you can tell, Jamie was really psyched and really excited yes. to meet her. And, and and as a father and a Star Trek fan, when I saw that 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 sparkle and that flame, I, it it just it just brought joy to me because now she's hooked. <laughs> I pulled her in, you know. She did it on her own. So that, that was our first day, and then Saturday, Saturday morning. We got there, and um, again, uh, we we pulled in just at the nick of time, um, literally. And uh, Eric and yeah, I went up like to our second panel. Five <laughs> minutes before your panel. <laughs> yep, we got there, and we did podcasting, the final frontier. And I I think we had maybe fifteen people at that panel. And uh, yeah, but it was, a, it was a dedicated 15 people. And it was interesting because the, one of the questions that we asked them was, you know, what about this panel interested you? And uh, I think we got comments anywhere from, uh, I just think podcasting is an amazing way to share new ideas and that kind of stuff to another gentleman who was considering uh, starting his own podcast and kind of wanted to know, you know, what he thought, what he thought, made a successful podcast. Um, so that was a fun to d- discussion to have with him because thank you fans for helping to make this podcast successful. That tells us what you want to hear. And then we were able to pass that information on to another person who hopefully will get involved himself in some way. Right. And that was first thing Saturday morning. And then it was back into the oven. And um, then later on in the day it was, I think then they changed your panel from three to one, I believe. They did, but Jim, you, you, I just 
there's one thing that you that you forgot that I realized actually happened on I think Friday night before we got to Saturday. Who did we meet first thing on Friday night? Uh, who you got a nice picture with holding your bat with? Yeah, Patrick. so there's there's a picture on our Facebook page of Tracy Lee Coco herself, and yes, yep. she's holding my bat with, and uh, they they snuck her in the back door of the gym, and our table was right there, so we first and Tracy one she came. Lee was. And yep. she was just as awesome in person as she was the time that we had her on this podcast. She was super friendly, all smiles, wanted to talk with us, um, just super nice and had no problems with, you know, having pictures taken or any of that kind of stuff. She was an absolute joy. And got a truck talking t-shirt too. So she everyone did. knows she was on our podcast. And so I, then we came back to the table and I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute, but then it came time for Eric's panel. Now, just to, mm-hmm. just to preface this, guys, the Klingon panel was completely unscripted, loose, interactive, me waving my bat list, talking to you, you talking to me. Same thing with our podcasting panel. But here comes Eric, making me look bad. <laughs> Eric, Eric, <laughs> Eric comes up there. He's got his laptop. He's got his slides. He's got his notes. He's got everything. And I'm like, oh my god, why, why didn't I? Why didn't I do this? I, I you know, I look like an idiot. I you know, you. So yeah, um, my panel was on uh, Starfleet. My panel was on Starfleet admirals, and I think one of the coolest things about that particular panel, as I was as I was preparing it was that I kind of went in with the intention of um, pointing out and a little bit making fun of the trope that every admiral on Starfleet is bad. And as I was researching it, I just couldn't get away from the really, really good admirals that we've seen as well on Star Trek. And so what it really turned out to be was I presented five admirals that I think most people consider quote bad and I presented five admirals that I think most people consider, quote, good. And then I presented an 11th admiral that I really think the pendulum could swing either way, depending on how you look at it. And I think people found it really interesting. There were probably, I don't know, Jim, that one was the biggest one. There might have been 100 people there or, or maybe even a few more. And, uh, and there were a lot of questions at the end. So I think people were... Um, I had one guy come up to me and say, I just haven't paid much attention to Starfleet admirals before, and I feel like I want to go and look them all up again. Um, so it was, it was inspiring for some people. And then some people, uh, you know, disagreed with a couple of my points, which was awesome because they could, they could talk about those. And I would say, oh, my gosh, I hadn't thought about it that way. So once again, even with 100-plus people in the auditorium, uh, and, yes, a slightly more formal presentation – during the Q and A, we still got a lot of good feedback from the crowd. Yeah, it was it was, it was fun all the way around, and uh, you know, I know a lot of this is the last time we'll be playing this spot. But I we mentioned this at the convention. I told you guys that Eric had done up a Trek Conderoga commercial spot. We have he did up three of them actually. Um, I have three. I asked Eric what his favorite one was, um, so. This is the last time we're going to play it. For you guys that, that are listening that were at Trek Conderoga that never heard the spot, this is the Trek Conderoga spot, one of the three, 
that Eric put together for us. Have you always wanted to tour the Enterprise? Would you like to meet Jim and Eric from Trek Talking in a live setting? Then join us August 19th through the 21st in Ticonderoga, New York for Trek Conderoga 2022. Star Trek The Next Generation stars Gates McFadden, John Delancey, and Brent Spiner will be headlining the event. Leading tours of the painstakingly recreated USS Enterprise TOS sets, participating in bridge chats, and much more. Trek Conderoga 2022 is your chance to meet some of your favorite Next Generation actors in a setting with small crowd sizes and easy accessibility to the stars. Don't forget to swing by the Trek Talking table to see Uncle Jim and Eric. We'd love to meet you. Engage. Yeah. Great spot, by the way, I got I to gotta say. And so, um, yeah, so that was pretty much our experience at Triconderoga. Um, I've been to big conventions like, like Rhode Island Comic Con where there's 60,000 people. Uh, um, and then I, you know, this one, which is much smaller, much more personable. So I guess it all depends on what you're after, because I think that the small um, intimacy of Triconderoga and the ability to talk to fans. I mean, I talk to hundreds of fans at our table and there's nothing like it. You know, when they come over and they want to talk to you about, you know, about Klingons or admirals or, why do you like Star Trek Five? Or can I hold your bat list? Can I get a picture with you? That type of thing. Tell me about your podcast. I mean, that's that's why I was there, and I I, I got more than I ever could have hoped for out of that experience. It's it's um it's great when you get to meet the people that you talk to. Yeah, it was you a know. really special experience. Like I was saying earlier. Um, the conversations that I was having at our table were at a much higher level than I kind of anticipated. And, you know, I I guess it's because when I've been to other cons, I haven't had deep Star Trek conversations with, with people necessarily, but, but it isn't like the surface level stuff where you're just kind of going over what happened in an episode. Every single conversation I had was like, okay, remember this exact episode, remember this exact scene let's talk about something that happened in that scene and how it fits into the lexicon of all of Star Trek. I mean, those, that's the kind of level of conversations we were often having, which was to me, extremely satisfying, right? Like as a, as a really big Star Trek fan, like everybody on the podcast here, the surface level stuff is, is fun to discuss with people who maybe, you know, aren't that familiar with Star Trek or kind of getting into it. But, man, to be able to dive deep with dozens and dozens of fans, that was something special. Yeah, when they're lined up at your table and there's so many of them that you can't talk to them all at once, it, it was yeah. it's quite special, well, actually. And like I was saying, Jim, it's lit, I, for me, it was the first time in my life anybody's ever asked to have my picture taken with them, which was really fun. <laughs> is it, I think in my that... TNG... Yeah, in my TNG uniform, I do bear a certain likeness to uh, Riker, and I was told that many, many times uh, throughout the con. And so I think people wanted to come up and say hi to Riker and the Klingon, you know? <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about how we ended the weekend with the costume contest. 
Because that was a oh, highlight for me. Oh, that was just I don't know. You got to watch out for those tribbles because uh, let me tell you, they're trouble, trouble with tribbles, and uh, you got to watch Riker there and Kurt. Yeah. But we were missing. So, we were missing uh, the Gorn. There was. Mm. Um, we went in for the costume contest, and I wasn't actually going to. I, I don't. I don't consider myself a cosplayer. I'm more of a Star Trek ambassador, um, but I wanted to go up and check it out because, as I said earlier, a lot of people don't come to the dealer's room because it's not air-conditioned. So a lot of the costumes we don't get to see because they don't come through there. Uh, so it was at the end of the day, so Eric and Jamie and myself went up to the – and it's air-conditioned in there. I think that's the important part. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's really why we went. <laughs> we went for the air-conditioning. And, and so uh, we entered the costume contest as Trek talking and we went up as a trio, all three of us. And so um, I went up and waved my batlet around and, uh, and said that I captured these, these Federation criminals in battle while, <laughs> while, while he was doing the Riker maneuver. <laughs> yeah, so, so I brought a chair up with me and said that I would like to submit my qualifications for being Riker. And I, I did the Riker maneuver and, Got some applause as a result. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny, you know. And uh, so yeah, we, well, we, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we made our debut on YouTube because people were taking videos of that too, and I have yet to find it. Yes, um, they were. They were. And uh, but uh, but I think there was this guy there earlier in the day. He went he went around with his wife as Captain Kirk, with the velour with that that like mint yep. green velour uniform. And then you see him with his face all dirty and his pants are all dirty and his uniform is ripped. And as the day goes on, he gets so dirtier and he gets more ripped. And you're like, wait, <laughs> where did, what happened to you? Well, we go up to the costume contest and there he is. And he did the whole thing with Gary Mitchell. He came oh sneaking in. He did the whole thing. <laughs> can't tell you what to do with your that life. I mean, it was so. He even rolled around on the floor in the classic drop and roll he did. Kirk maneuver. He did the Kirk roll. Oh, it was great. It was funny. And then when he won the costume contest, he went up and they said, "You can have anything out of the box." And he said, "Is there food in there?" It was just great. It was. And then there was another guy that did con. Why don't you he tell him about so con, good, Aaron? Man. Oh, well, he was he was con from Star Trek II, and, uh, man, he had the whole look. I mean, this guy naturally sports a, a long mane of hair, uh, very similar in color to Khan's. He had the, the fine Corinthian leather vest and the Starfleet emblem in the middle of his protruding chest. I mean, he looked really, really good. He looked really good. There were so many great costumes there. I mean, there was Khan. There were um, the the one that really like took the cake for me and, and Jim, you're gonna have to help me remember the name of the episode, but um, but the time the the holodeck episode where Beverly Crusher is dressed up in the kind of like 1920s garb. Do you remember the name of that episode? Yep, the Big Goodbye. The Big Goodbye, right? So she was dressed up in that, and this was a custom-made outfit. Um, and uh, this is a, one of our podcast listeners. Uh, and yep. so I just want to say that your your uh, uni- or your outfit 
was really, really stunning, stunningly accurate. Um, she said she prided herself on making, uh, making cosplay outfits as accurate as possible. And I have to tell you, it was amazing. So that was probably my favorite one. But we had, we had Beverly Crusher in the blue coat. We yep. had, um, we had Data you know, in a tux when he's trying to tell jokes on the holodeck. We had that guy. <laughs> you know who I liked? You know who I really liked was the, was the boyfriend and girlfriend that, that weren't oh. planning on being there and showed up. And so they just kind of yep. went up there and stood there. And then, and then the boyfriend whipped up his phone and he pulled out the ABBA song, <laughs> Winner Takes All, and he Kirkized it. If, if you guys remember, like, the winner <laughs> takes all. The loser. <laughs> he did the whole thing. He did the whole song. Oh oh and he did it just off the cuff. Just just off yeah. the cuff. It was hilarious. Um, and, you know, and then there was the guy in the TOS or in the motion picture, you know, in the white shirt. Um, yeah, he said he'd been to Trekonderoga year mm-hmm. after year and realized that every year it's ridiculously hot. And so he finally found a uniform where he could wear short sleeves. Yep, it, it was great. It was really great. I, I was so glad that we went at the end of the day to see that because there was some funny, fun. and the whole time we're sitting there, we were like in the third row and somebody had a tribble in there. Tribble. And every now and then, <laughs> yeah, I hear, and I would jump off with my bat and say, where's that tribble? Don't make me hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> It was, well, it no. Was what fun. really impressed me was the lady that did the 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 the, the um you know the song that you sing that with the when you're waiting for something and she made it into the Klingon version of the da 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 da. Oh, yeah. she sang it in Klingon, and then you had Khan that was making jokes behind us. Khan was like three rows up from us. Yep, he was right right behind us. Seven of nine was was on our side. The data no, guy no, was seven kind of, of up fine. Behind not us. seven of nine. She she was seven of fine. Well, That's seven right, of seven nine seven. was behind us, but seven of fine was down the row. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was so much fun. I I, oh, I don't forget I about the. Yep. I, I was just gonna say, don't forget about the Romulan, the female Romulan commander and Spock. Also, yeah, like the pair. That's- the, the couple that came up and they read the lines from that episode, from a scene from that episode. It was amazing. Yeah, they they were good. I, I, I enjoyed it. They were all great. Every single one of them was great. And uh, we actually have a caller on the line here, guys. Woo-hoo. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can get this thing to work here. It's being fidgety today. Let me see. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello? Is that me? That would be you. That's you. Yeah. Oh, I know oh, you're <laughs> Hi, mom. My name is Suzanne. I was there. Hi, um, hi guys. Um, oh, I watched. I'm. I'm. I had a great weekend. I had a great weekend, and I cried when I had to go home. Um, yeah. I'm 38. I'm yeah. 38 years old. I watched Star Trek as a child. Um, I grew up on it. It went off the air when I was uh, 11 years old, um, but I was already a fan. I was already a Trekkie. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big science fiction fan, period. Um, I have never been to a Comic-Con. I have never been to a Star Trek convention. This was my first deal. Um, really? And wow. It was, yes, and it was everything that I thought it would be and more. 
It was it awesome. was amazing to be in a, a space full of fellow fans who knew exactly what I was talking about and what I loved, and mm-hmm. they were science enthusiasts, and more so than that, humanity enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. It was, no, it was incredible. Did, yeah, did, did you did you touch my bat list? My baby niece did. Okay. Yeah, I remember your baby. She was so cute. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you sounded familiar. <laughs> yep. I knew yes, right away who it was. Twin, that's my twin sister. That is her fifth baby, actually. And the sixth one is inside of her. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that baby was so cute. That baby was so cute. Well, you were an absolute delight to talk to as well. It was like it was immediately clear upon meeting you that you were a huge Star Trek fan and that you were excited about engaging all the other people around you. And I have to tell you, I agree with you. This is this was a really special event. I hope you had a really, really good time. Um, I will be back. I will make nice. sure of it. I had yeah. a great time. Um, I'm a nurse. I work crazy hours. Um, sometimes on Mondays I work 16-hour shifts. Providing there's no emergency or nothing happening, you now have a, a new listener, a new regular listener. Woo-hoo, thank yay. you so much. Woo-hoo. Thank you, thank you, well, thank you. Did you see your picture? We put it up on our Facebook page. Awesome, awesome. I um, I Check went on the tour. I went on the set tour with the three actors, and I yes. was crying. Oh. Right, I was crying. Oh my gosh. Oh. I I've met celebrities before. I lived in the. We grew up in the South Bronx, actually. And when the Yankees won in 97, I think it was, my sister and I were on top of the, the cab that Derek Jeter, young Derek Jeter, was in trying to get out of the stadium. Anyway, I knew that I couldn't behave in that manner. So it took <laughs> me a lot of self-control, and it came out in tears. Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was incredible. The whole experience was incredible, and I will live with it for a while, for a long time. Thank you so much for, what, for your participation. I appreciate it. Oh, we oh. had so many great people there. Everybody was wonderful, and um, it was it was it was just it was a spiritual um, experience. I think you know when you're around so yeah, many absolutely. people that feel and and think like you do, you can walk up to a stranger and strike up a conversation and and feel like you found a soulmate. It was awesome. And absolutely. I will one hundred percent. I will 100% agree with you. I, now, I didn't get to do the tour with the stars, but I did do the set tour. And, wow, I just have never been in a spot other than, like, uh, you know, certain cathedrals in Europe or that kind of stuff that have, that have touched me in that kind of a way. And I'm an architect, so I really appreciate good design, good detail, um, good research. And that set tour is so amazing! I did the the Moonlight Tour, which is the 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 version that they do where they kind of turn down the bright lights uh, with and it, in an attempt to highlight all of the kind of Technicolor on the set. Because you'll remember back in the '60s, you know, Star Trek was broadcast on NBC, which had the Peacock. Um, te- color was relatively new to television, so they used a lot of color in the original series and the Moonlight Tour of the original set tours highlights that. And I literally, like I was enjoying all of it. It was really, for me, it was the moment I walked into engineering, I literally gasped. I was like, oh, I'm standing in engineering. And the bridge was amazing too. But for me, engineering was something really special. What an experience. Absolutely. It was great. 
Oh, we lost Suzanne. Well, now, thank you for calling, so, Suzanne. We really appreciate yeah. uh, hearing from our fans, and we're so glad that you had a great time. And as I promised you guys, I told you guys that, that at the convention, by the way, that we had the exclusive, the exclusive Discovery Season 5 theme song. Remember I told everybody that, Eric? You and, sure uh, did. I told you guys that. And for those of you who were there and wanted to hear that theme song, this is it. We have it. Uh, Paramount Plus sent it on over to us. And here it is, guys. This is a theme song for Star Trek Discovery Season 5. It's only been played once before. So enjoy. Put her in her angel suit. She will never fail. To lead her ship on future trips to save the spirit aid of Saru was softly through and through, but I'm sure and true. The crew went all the way that day on a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. Time travel was very rough, and Burnham paid the cost. That day Saru saved the whole dawn crew, but Discovery was lost. Discovery was lost. They splashed the ship right down, you see, in the 32nd century, with Burnham and Mr. Saru. Oh, Wushukun and Edmer, the Emperor, the Doctor and Stamitan, here on Discovery. Hear my tale of discovery, a crew who's not all fine. They'll have to do the best they can to fit into this new time. Burnham and Captain Saru will do all that they can to take care of their crew, you see, and execute the plan. New races, world relationships, and new technology. Discovery was an ancient ship as primitive as in me. So turn up on each Thursday night right here on your TV. You never know what you will see here on Discovery. And there you have it, guys. There it is, a theme song for Discovery Season 5. What do you think? I like it. It's I kind of like it. I kind of feel like I've heard that song somewhere before. I, don't, I can't quite place yeah. it, though. I, I kind of sounds familiar. <laughs> so uh, overall, I, I have to, I have to say that uh, Trek Conoroga was a huge uh, success for me. I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to going back and doing more panels and meeting more people. And uh, I had a blast meeting all of you guys there. So thank you so much if you said hello and uh, and grabbed my bat list. So thank you so much for that. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, fun. really an amazing experience. And, and Jim, just I'll let people know, too, I stuck around on Sunday morning and, and had a good time, too. There was a nice panel on humor in Star Trek that I enjoyed quite a bit. And then I did get to see a stage talk with uh, John Delancey and uh, Dave McFadden. Didn't get any spoilers for Picard Season 3, but uh, on another show in the future, I will share with you some insight that I got from John Delancey on what he thinks about Picard season two and the direction that Q took. Excellent. Well, guys, believe it or not, that hour went by pretty fast, Uh, but don't worry. We'll be back on Thursday night. And because I was at Fandom Fest, then I was at an Ario Speedwagon concert. Then I was at Chuck Conoroga. I haven't really had a chance to, to script up a show for Thursday night, but don't worry being Trek fans. That's never a problem. Thursday night, we're going to do Star Trek at the movies. 
And so that's not a problem for anyone because we've all seen the Star Trek movie. So you can check that out on Thursday night. We also have Shatner says, what? We have our Star Trek birthdays. We have our fan shout outs. We have our convention calendar. So that'll be Thursday night, uh, same bat time, same bat channel. And then the following Thursday, we're going to dive right into um, the Star Trek Lower Decks reviews. So keep that in mind. And uh, Charles, did you want to add anything? (laughs) Listening to your convention, that's far more interesting than than Star Trek Las Vegas. I think there are just so many people there, it's hard to really get to see the fans, whereas you really, it sounds like that convention's more like for the masses, whereas Trek Conderoga, it sounds like it's more for the serious fans. I think that's true, Charles. I think that you actually have to be pretty serious about Star Trek, unless you're from the area, to travel up to tiny little Ticonderoga. And it is a fun little town, and of course they have the fort there, so there's another great attraction. But I think you're right. I think it's only the dedicated fans that really hit that con. And yeah, I agree. Sounds like a, that would be a fun conversation. That would be fun to talk to fans that way. Yeah, it's 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 very small and very personable. I mean, you really you really get one on one with everybody who's there. You know, it's not like Rhode Island Comic Con where there's sixty thousand people and you're pushing through the crowd. You get your autograph and you move on. I mean, it's very very personable and very small. Yeah, so I'd just like to echo – oh, I was just going to say I'd like to echo one thing that that Jim already said, which was just a big, 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 huge, huge thank you to all the fans, whether you're an old fan of Trek Talking or uh, are a new fan, uh, like Suzanne who called in tonight. Uh, We – like, you don't understand how much it means to us to have people come up to our table and talk to us about Star Trek. We just – Jim and I – we had stupid grins on our face the whole time we were there because we were so happy. <laughs> it was special for sure. And, yep. and I bought a glomer. <laughs> I know. I went back and they didn't have any more. They, he said they only had two and they, you bought the last one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the glomer, I'm going to get some Velcro. I'm going to wear them on my shoulder as my pet. And anytime I hear a triple cooing, I'm going to send my glomer George over there to take care of it. That's going to be Tell a new addition inside. to my costume. There's Tell a, him what's inside the glomer. Inside the glomer, there's a tribble. He opens up and he <laughs> swallows it right up. So I'm going to I'm going to attach him to my costume. He's going to sit right on my shoulder. He's going to be my little pet. <laughs> well, love it. Anyways, I just had so much well, fun at Trek Um And meeting Eric was awesome. Was, it was great. The only thing that could have been is if oh, we had had Charles there. We missed you, Charles. Yeah, so the, yeah. the trifecta had been I there. Could have been. <laughs> but I'm going to say for next Monday's show, I took the hint from Paul and started looking on Amazon, and I've got my first three new Playmate figures so far of the new series. Nice. I have, I have Kirk. I have Michael and I have Saru. And oh, by the way, it is Science Officer Michael Burnham and Commander Saru. Ah, okay. So I want you guys know that we're going to have a Paul, the wine guy, has been promoted to Paul, the toy guy. 
And so um, on on Monday, um, we're going to be doing the toy chest with Paul, the toy guy, and we're going to be talking about all the new Playmate stuff, and it's going to be it's going to be a new segment that's going to go along with Comic Corner and Book Nook. So um, we were going to do a toy we were going to do a toy section on Thursday, but I decided with all the stuff that we have, why cram it in? Let's give it its own thing. So we're going to do the toy chest on Monday. So if you're into Playmates and Star Trek toys, then Monday's show is definitely going to be for you. So, well, anybody have anything they want to add about Treconderoga before we sign off? I don't think oh, so. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, I, I, didn't go on, I didn't get a chance to go on the set tour this time, uh, but I went, oh, I'd oh. been on it before. But, Eric, oh, they did add something that wasn't there last time I was there. That's right. I completely forgot to mention that, that I got uh, a sneak peek at the first portion of the Next Generation build that they are now doing at the set uh-huh. tours. Not only did I see two uh, of the main consoles, uh, the bridge consoles that are up front, but I also saw the entire wall that occurs behind the bridge where there's a series of, I think, six or seven screens that are giving you all sorts of information about the ship. Um, You think you've seen L-Cars before, but when you see L-Cars in real life, it is so cool, so cool. All the surfaces are so smooth. All the animations look really, really good. All the lighting is good. And if you start looking at the L-Cars displays, there are lots and lots of little hidden secrets in there. Uh, People's initials being used. You know how there's all those random letters and numbers? Well, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not so random on this tour. Uh, You can... You can start to pick them out if you're a Star Trek fan and you know the names of actors and that sort of thing. So the next generation set, uh, as I understand, they would like to open it in about a year. Uh, Many people feel like that's a uh, pretty aggressive schedule, but I think it would be awesome. And if the entire thing is as high quality as what I saw, it is going to be something really, really special. Yeah, I was going to ask about that one. There was rumors yeah. about that one. Yep, and it looks really good. So that's pretty no. much that wraps it up. I want to say thank you so much to Suzanne for not only uh, stopping by at our table and chatting with us, but for giving us a call and sharing sharing your thoughts on the convention. It, it's I, I can't tell you how it makes me feel when I know that what we're doing is reaching people. I, that's that's special for me. That's why I do this. So um, thank you so much for that. And I got to say thank you to Mary Beth for, for um, giving us the passes and getting us the space and getting us on the schedule for our panels. So, and thank you so much to Bruce for making sure we got to where we needed to be when we needed to be there and for getting uh, the professional uh, set up for Eric because I'm not very professional at all. But so thank you so much for doing that for us, Bruce. We really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. And thank you to each and every one of you guys that made the trek to Tech, to Trek Conoroga. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you there next year. So thank you to Jamie for calling and uh, from all the way in the other room to share her, her experience with meeting Gates McFadden. And as a father, it makes my just my heart swell to know that my daughter's got the bug. So obviously 
I didn't fail in that aspect. I must be a good father because she got the Star Trek bug. All she talked about was meeting Gates McFadden and how awesome she was. And she we went back to camp and had to watch Star Trek episodes with her. So that was awesome. And, of course, thank you so much to Charles for hanging out with us and Trek talking tonight. Uh, you know, as little as you did. But thank you so much, Charles, for putting oh, up with Eric and I babbling. Oh, I could, I could have my own stories on Gates. She's, I've seen one panel was the TNG 30th anniversary panel, which was fascinating. And you got to see at one point, she kind of spoke up and it's like, yeah, Gates McFan's a bit of an activist. She's, she's willing to put her foot down to what she believes in. And then we had the panel, the doctors. Oh, that was a good episode, too. Yeah, she's, she's, she's great. Yeah, she, she is did. awesome. And, of course, I, I wouldn't be doing the Trek Conderoga show if it wasn't for the one and only Eric, who, who not only did he trek to Trek Conderoga, but he trekked all over <laughs> to be there. In fact, <laughs> Eric was in Saratoga the night I was at the concert, which is strange. So crazy, but, literally. Uh, literally driving out of the park at the same time that Jim was driving into the park. <laughs> yeah, there I am in this big line of traffic waiting to park my car, and there's Eric. So uh, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us in, in uh, Chuckconderoga, and thanks for hanging out to us and sharing your stories with us tonight. Thank you so much, Eric. Absolutely. I had a blast, as always, and thank you just one final time to all the fans. It really means a lot to us, guys. And make sure you guys check out our Facebook page if you were at the convention and you handled my bat list. Chances are there's a picture of you on our Facebook page. So go and check it out. And please tell us where you're listening from. You'll see the Live Long and Prosper at the top of the page. Pop in there and tell us where you're listening from. Look for a heart next to your name and tune in to Thursday Night's Trek Talking because if there's a heart next to your name, you're going to be mentioned in a fan shout-out. So bear that in mind. So I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying, as always, be good to each other, stay safe, and Star Trek fans are the best fans. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Hey, y'all. Prosper. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.